Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. The writer, there we go, amen. The writer of Romans said, Romans chapter number 5, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet for a venture for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. I bless His name. I'm reminded also of what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 10, please, in your Bibles, Hebrews chapter number 10. I appreciate the message already. Thank you, preacher, for mind of the Lord. Thank you for feeding us this afternoon. Amen. Brother Lawson, once again, thank you for the opportunity to stand behind the sacred desk. I believe the message that God has laid upon my heart will go along with the message that's already been preached. And I'm always amazed at how God does that. How he can fit the service together exactly as he would have it. Amen. He knows exactly what each and every heart needs. The first preacher talked about that anchor during times of adversity. Certainly an anchor is something that is holding on to us. And our anchor anchor is not downward. Our anchor is upward. Amen. We have an anchor that within the veil, the writer of Hebrews tells us about there in chapter number 6, an anchor of the soul. Amen. Uh, but I'm going to preach this afternoon uh, not something that uh, is holding on to us, but something we ought to be holding on to. And uh, I'll take a text in Hebrews chapter number 10. And if it's where you're physically able, would you stand with me? We'll reverence the reading of uh, the Word of the Lord. We'll begin reading in verse number 19. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I'll take my text from verse number 23, where the writer of Hebrews said, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege once again this afternoon 
to gather in this meeting place. I thank you, Father, for the Piedmont Baptist Fellowship. Thank you for the heritage of it. Thank you for the faithfulness of men of God down through the years, Lord, that have found this a place of encouragement and a time of refreshment. And Lord, a time, Lord, where we can gather together, preach the Word of God, hear the Word of God preached, and Lord, be encouraged in our soul to go back into our places of service and serve the Lord with a more vigor and more fervency and more earnestness in these days and hours. Father, I thank You for the message already. Thank You, Lord, for Your servant that declared uh, and delivered the Word of God that You placed upon His heart. Father, I pray that that would be a source of encouragement to us. Thank God for an anchor in times of adversity. Lord, as the songwriter said, we ha in times like these, we need a Savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. And I'm thankful we can reply. In times like these, we have a Savior. In times like these, we have an anchor. And this rock is Jesus. This anchor is Jesus. And this anchor is sure and steadfast. We bless you and thank you for that reality. Thank you, Father, for the privilege to stand behind the sacred desk. Lord, once again, I confess my inability. Lord, I know that without you, I can do nothing. Now, yield myself to thee, afresh and anew. God, would you help your servant? Lord, would you give us unction this afternoon to preach on the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God? Lord, would you speak to us? Help us, O oh God. Would you please challenge us, convict us, change us, comfort us, help us this afternoon to the preaching and teaching of Thy Word. Whatever's accomplished, we will give You the glory. For it is in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I love the book of Hebrews. When we come to this precious book of the Bible, I don't believe there's another book of the Bible that exalts the Lord Jesus more than the book of Hebrews. It is a book that exalts the superiority of Jesus Christ. Of course, uh, you uh, that are here that are preachers, maybe have preached on the book of Hebrews, or you've studied in this book, we understand that there are passages of Scripture that are what are referred to as uh, problem text or controversial uh, chapters or verses. And whenever I hear that, you know, I, I believe that really the controversy is certainly not with the Word of God. The controversy is with men. The controversy is with different facets, amen, that try to say, well, this is what this means and this is what that means. And we just take the Bible for what it says, amen. It says what it says and it means what it says, amen. I believe that with all of my heart. I don't believe there's really any problem text there. I will say this, I will say that I have not arrived. I don't understand everything sometimes that's being said or that's being implied. But I do know this, it is the Word of God. And I believe that it is valid and it is profitable, as the Apostle Paul said, for doctrine and for correction, for reproof, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, firmly furnished unto all good works. I'm thankful for this book of the Bible. Bible. Of course, chapter number one, we find that Jesus is superior as the writer's writing. He extols Jesus and his superiority over the prophets. As he says in verse number one, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, in times past, spake unto the fathers by the prophets. 
I know there is controversy over who wrote the book of Hebrews. I like what one writer said. I believe the author is found in verse number one. This book, this book begins with the author, God. Amen. God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory yeah. and the express image of his person and upholding all things yeah. by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high he is superior to the prophets he is superior in chapter 2 to the angels he is superior in chapter 3 uh, to Moses in chapter number 4 he is superior to Aaron in chapter number 5 uh, through chapter number 10 he is superior to the Aaronic and the Levitical priesthood and he begins to explain why why is Jesus, why is Jesus priesthood a superior to Aaron's priesthood number 1 because his priesthood is after a better order that's chapter number 7 Jesus priesthood is not after the order of Aaron because Aaron's priesthood had men with infirmity Aaron's priesthood had men that would die Aaron's priesthood had men that had sin but Jesus is not after the order of Aaron he is after the order of Melchizedek he has an unending and unchangeable priesthood in chapter 8 Jesus priesthood is superior because amen his priesthood is based upon a better covenant it's not the old covenant it is the new covenant amen in chapter number 9 Jesus priesthood is superior because his priesthood is administered in a better sanctuary it's not in an earthly sanctuary made by man's hands but he ministers into the very heaven of heavens in the very holy of holies before the very presence of God Almighty in chapter 10 the writer explains that Jesus priesthood is superior because it is based upon a superior sacrifice it was the sacrifice of a bull or a goat or a turtle dove or a pigeon it was his own blood amen for it says in verse number 11 of chapter 10 and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins but this man after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God he didn't offer an animal he offered himself Jesus is superior amen he's greater than the prophets he's greater than the angels he's greater than Moses he's greater than Aaron he's greater than the Levitical priesthood he is the king of kings and the lord of lords he is my friend greater than the greatest higher than the highest amen he is thank God the lord Jesus Christ Throughout the book of Hebrews, we find that there are several 
of what I refer to as a let us passage. You find them in many of the chapters. Chapter number 4, there is one. In verse number 1, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left of us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. He says in chapter number 4, in verse number 16, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. There are several again of these let us passages. And these let us passages, what I want you to understand this afternoon, are not based upon me and you. They are based in context upon the superiority of Jesus Christ. Right. Amen. Right. Because He is superior. Because He is greater than Moses. Because He is superior to the Aaronic priesthood. Because He is superior to the prophets. Let us therefore come boldly. Chapter 6 verse 1. I believe one of the key verses of the book of Hebrews. Therefore leave the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us Go on unto perfection. Amen. He says in chapter number 10 in our text, verse number 22, let us draw near. Why? Jesus is superior. Verse number 23, let us hold fast. Verse number 24, let us consider one another. You'll find also in chapter 13, in verse number 13, let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. He says, in verse 15, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. Why? Because Jesus is superior. I want to deal this afternoon with verse number 23. We don't have time to deal with all of these. Let us passages. But the Lord impressed upon my heart to deal with with verse number 23 this afternoon, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. I'll deal with this verse this afternoon it's sort of in backwards order. First of all, if you're taking notes, I find the examination of His faithfulness. Notice He says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Now you see, the very reason that we can hold fast is because he's faithful. Amen. For he is faithful that promised. As Brother Lawson, we began to examine his faithfulness. I'll deal firstly with his character. Notice the Bible says, He is faithful. Amen. We understand that the character of the Lord never changes. Amen. It is called His immutability. He does not change. He never shall change. He is forevermore the I Am. Not the I Was. Not the I'm going to be. But the I Am. The ever-present One. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. For I am the Lord. I 
change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. It is his very essence. It is his very character. He is faithful because he's God. And because he's God, he is faithful. It is his character. And not only do we find how that is part of his character, but it is as well who he is. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 9. God is faithful by whom you are called under the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I love what First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13 says, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Notice Paul said, God is Faithful. Amen. Also, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 3. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. I love this one. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 13. If we believe not, yet he abide faithful. He cannot deny himself. Hallelujah. Lamentations chapter number 3. I cannot help when I think of the faithfulness of our God. I cannot help but think of this precious passage of scripture in the book of Lamentations in chapter number 3. Ah, the prophet Jeremiah as he's writing these funeral poems which is what the book of Lamentation consists of. He's looking at the nation of Israel and his mind is burdened. His heart is affected. The Bible said his eyes were as running waters. And he explains and describes a situation in verse number 17. He said, Thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. And he said, I forgot prosperity. And I said, My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Notice he says, My strength is gone. My hope. What is hope in the Bible? It is that earnest anticipation that's based on the promise of God. He said, My hope is perished from the Lord. But verse, amen, verse number 21, he says, This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. I don't know what happened between verse number 18 and verse number 19, or verse number 21 rather, but something got a hold of Jeremiah. And I believe, amen, it was the faithfulness of God. He looks at Israel and says, they're not faithful. He looks at himself and says, there's been many times I haven't been faithful, but this I recall to my mind. Therefore have I heard. In verse 18 he said, my hope's gone. My anticipation is gone. My hope is gone. But verse 21, after God to thinking about the faithfulness of God, he said, I've got my hope back. I've got of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. And you know that's the truth this afternoon. We all ought to be in hell. Yeah. Amen. It is of the Lord's 
cities that we are not consumed. I can see Jeremiah as he looks over Jerusalem, that precious city, God's earthly chosen people, and he sees how far they've gone, and he sees how ungodly they've become. And he said, you know what? Amen. Were it not for the mercy of God, we'd all be consumed. But his mercies, the Bible said, are new every morning. Why? Great, great is thy faithfulness. Find his character. He's faithful. Now in examining his faithfulness, do we find his character? We find, secondly, the content. There in Hebrews chapter 10, he said, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. The content in dealing with the faithfulness of our God is seen in that word, that promise. Amen. You see, God, who is faithful, amen, has made us a promise. Has made us promises. Amen. And these promises, Brother Lawson, are based not upon, not upon Washington, D.C., not upon Columbia, South Carolina. Are you listening to me? Amen. This promise goes higher than D.C. This promise is, this promise goes higher, my friend, than any entity on the face of this planet. This promise is based upon He that sits upon the throne in heaven, for He is faithful. That promise. I thought about 2 Peter in chapter number Second Peter chapter number one in verse number verse number four, uh, Peter said, "Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these he might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us." In Hebrews chapter six, I love this text. In Hebrews chapter number six. He said up there in that chapter, I wish we had time to read all of this, but notice he said in that verse, uh, verse number, verse number 10, he said, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which have shown toward, toward His name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. We desire that every one of you to show the same diligence with the full assurance of hope unto the end that you be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise for him verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmations to them at the end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly is shown to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. That we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and that which entered into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We find the examination of his faithfulness. Number two, I'll deal secondly with this all the profession of our faith. 
Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For He is faithful that promise. He deals with the profession of our faith. I'll deal with a couple of things here quickly and move on. But I see first of all in that word profession, this, this thought of declaring or declaration. You see the word profession gives the indication of proclaiming something or declaring something publicly. I began to think about how this text in Matthew, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And He said, and they said rather, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Peter said a lot of wrong things. But he swore got this right. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what we ought to be declaring. And I don't know about you, and I know I'm preaching mainly to preachers and the preachers' wives. Oh, but listen, it's very easy to declare that publicly in here. But the question is, do we declare it out there on the street? Do we declare it in our daily lives? Do we declare it in our neighborhoods that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Reminds me of John chapter 6 as well. A very similar passage in John chapter number 6 after Jesus gave that discourse on the bread of life. He, the Bible says in verse number 66, from that time many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I like this. And we believe and are sure that Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What is Paul saying? Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Hey, give me that crowd that still says dogmatically, emphatically, amen, without any hesitation, Jesus is the Son of God. He is the eternal Lamb of God. He, amen. This Bible is the Word of God. Amen. Salvation is by faith. Minus nothing plus nothing. Hey, give me a group of people that will stand upon the fundamentals of the Word of God and declare publicly and boldly. Amen. And hold fast the profession of our faith. There is the declaration, but then there is the dependence. He said, our faith, the profession of our faith. One writer said, faith is only as good as its object. Many people that sit on the church pew have faith in their faith. Or faith in a preacher. Or faith in this mode or this method. Our faith is not in a man. Our faith is not in a method. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. We find the examination of His faithfulness. The profession of our faith. But I'll deal thirdly and lastly with the possession that is firm. Let us hold fast. Let us 
You see, I'll deal firstly with the definition with that phrase, hold fast. <clears throat> Brother Will, it means to, to hold. It means to have. It means to keep. It means to possess. It means to retain. It means to seize on. Let us hold fast. You say, preacher, you believe you're keeping yourself saved? Absolutely not. We're kept by the power of God. Yeah, amen. But beloved, there are some things that we ought to be holding on to. There are some things that we ought to be seizing upon. There are some things that we ought to be holding. There are some things that we ought to possess, that we ought to retain. Amen. And that is, in context, the profession of our faith. Hello. In this day of yo-yo Christianity, up and roller coaster, in and out, up and down, side and back. Are you listening to me? We need men and women and preachers that will hold fast. Right. Then he says, without wavering. This means not leaning. It means firm. Amen. God help us as preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To not lean. Not to lean to one side or the other. But God help us to be firm. Without wavering. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Without wavering. I thought about this. I read this uh, from Mr. Spurgeon. He said you are Christians. Not for a time. But for Eternity. Your new birth is not in the dying existence as our dear brother has just explained to us the difference between living and lively. Our new birth is not in the dying existence but Brother Lawson in the life everlasting. Spurgeon said, continue your confession and never conceal it. There are times, boy, this bless my soul. He said there are times when you will be inclined to put your flag away into the canvas case and hide your coat of arms in the cellar. Oh, he said then you may fitly judge that the devil is getting advantage over you and that it's time that you cease to be beguiled by his sorceries. He said tear up the wrappings, throw your bag away, nail your flag along wherever I can see it. Amen. And God help us in this day and hour to hold fast the confession of our faith. The definition, but then I'll deal with the description. As I think about this term, and Spurgeon alluded to this, holding fast the profession of your faith without wavering. I thought about the soldier who is part of the honor guard. And his responsibility is to display the banner. Amen. Many of them will have their banner of their particular branch of service. And then you'll have one who has the banner of red, white, and blue, the stars and the stripes. And if you've ever noticed, they are very diligent. They are very careful not to let that banner droop down. Not to let it lean to the side. Are you listening to me? Not to let it lean to the left or the right. But they hold it firmly and they display it proudly. Why? Because that commanding officer, and many times maybe even the commander-in-chief, may be looking 
Jesus Christ of the banner of the dead burial resurrection of the banner of the old time way of the banner of the say of the Lord God help us to hold fast the profession of our faith and to display it my freedom publicly and proudly and unashamedly why because Jesus Christ is the Lord he's superior to all and when he comes I don't want to I don't want him to find us I don't want him to find me with my banner drooping are you listening to me I don't want him to find me amen with my banner and my coat of arms somewhere in the closet somewhere but I want him to find me when he returns I want him to find me waving the blood stained banner I want him to find me my friend standing in attention amen occupying doing exactly what he's called me to do let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. How can we do that? He's faithful. He's faithful. That promise. I'll close with this illustration. There once was a young boy whose dad left him on a downtown corner one morning told him to wait there until he returned in about half an hour. But the father's car broke down and he couldn't get to a phone before the days of cell phones. What did we do then? Amen. Five hours went by before the father managed to get back. And he was worried that his son would be in a state of panic. But when the father got there, the boy was standing in front of the dime store, looking in the window, rocking back and forth on his heels. When the father saw him, he ran up to him and threw his arms around him and hugged him and kissed him. The father apologized and said, Weren't you worried? Did you think I was never coming back? The boy looked up and replied, No, Dad. I knew you were coming. Because you said you would. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Yes, sir. Ye believe in God, and also in me. Yeah, come on, preacher. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He gave us the promise. He's faithful. That promise. And when He comes, and He shall come. Amen. He will not tarry. He shall come. He is coming. Hey, I believe it still today. He's still coming. Yes, sir. I want Him to find me holding fast. The profession. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.